This is Ants Talk. Dr. Janet Hall is a fascinating woman. Janet is a clinical psychologist, hypnotherapist, author, and sex therapist. I was so excited to secure Janet as a guest on Ants Talk. With this type of guest, you always wish you had a little bit more time with them. Please welcome to the show, Dr. Janet. Hi, Dr. Janet. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. I hope everybody else is and ready to enjoy the show. Thank you so much. It's um, it's so exciting to have you on the show. It's um, it's definitely a subject I love. <laughs> Me too, and that's why I work in the field. Exactly. You're very lucky. You're very lucky indeed. Um, so, Dr. Janet, where do we start? You've accomplished so much, it would be hard to fit it all in. If we speak predominantly about sex, I understand you are the woman to come to discuss it with. Yes, I have always been fascinated with uh, um, how sex is 25% of who we are, but the one thing we actually get very little education in. And in fact, with the the pornography and the speed of uh, web access to anything nowadays, um, many people are getting the wrong kind of education. Correct. I mean, especially around things like HIV and, and stuff like that. I mean, that's so predominant in my life because being gay, um, it's there's people out there that just have got no idea. I mean, even about the prep and and it's something that needs to be learned because I think that we all have those little insecurities about it all, and not just about that, but our own bodies and how we use our bodies, etc., etc. Mm. Yeah, and there can be a lot of shame about it because it's never actually been validated. Um, that is, for instance, with young women, I would love to know that their mothers took them aside when they began menstruating got their period and said you are now a woman and you are to be a sexual goddess um when and in my clinic anthony i have a um, a plastic magic wand and i often will um wave it about and say i now anoint you um as a sex goddess and they giggle and they are just so pleased to to be told that i bet um, i love that idea tantric hmm? yes my daughter, Ella, who's a um, tantric sex therapist now and working with me, um, says that uh, the permission giving the validating that I gave her, which is, you know, only only predictable, um, was one of the most um, freeing things that's ever happened to her. That's amazing. I think that's really important because one thing I've learned over the years and especially, you know, I, I, I've got a humongous circle of female friends and it's funny that when I speak to a lot of girls, and we're talking about sex and a lot of them will say, I've never masturbated. And I'm just like, oh, what? Because as boys, we're out of it like rabbits as soon as we discover what it does. You know what I mean? Um, so it's really, really weird to, to hear women say that. And I think that, that there's a lot of shame that, you know, is, is stemming from them not doing it. It's almost like it's shameful to do it. Uh, no, and and it's just, it's so sad because, you know, how can a woman really learn uh, what pleasure is um, unless she pleasures herself? And she needs to communicate that to her partner, whether you're straight or gay. Um, you know, the lesbians are not necessarily the experts on, a, on, on their female sexuality. Um, I know gay guys are often. One guy said he could masturbate for Australia in the Olympics if they had one of those <laughs> competitions. Um, but I'm, I'm working with a um, 
I'm so glad you talked about the gay, um, that new medication, the PrEP, because uh, I only learned about that in the last six months. And uh, one of my gay couples are in a major crisis now because one of them wants to be monogamous and the other one likes to have, you know, spontaneous sex with strangers at least once a week. And yeah. you must take that PrEP. That's right. I mean, um, funny enough, in Sydney, I didn't know a lot of couples when I lived there. And it's funny that now I've moved to Adelaide and I do know many couples. And I found that the whole sort of open relationship is is very prominent here, funnily enough. There is that battle. I mean, I'm aware of a couple myself that that's been their every every week thing for the last several years um and now one wants to revert back and they're, they're sort of trying to work that out at the moment and it's a very interesting thing because i think that with a lot of couples and especially couples that ha- have never sort of experienced this themselves they look at these couples as very devious and dirty and and all that sort of stuff where it's decided upon to adults that are you know willing and able and yeah, but there's 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 so much now that the internet um, has validated for people that you know would have been thought in the past to be um, you know a no no or something to hide, and um, and I'm talking about all sorts of um, choices about uh, yeah who they have sex when when they have sex with, um, and also how they express themselves. I mean polyamory now where. You know, you can be in love and having sexual relationships, but still be in love with several people at a time. Though, you know what? Deep down, over 38 years of working as a sex therapist, I have found that ultimately, if you have too much of an open relationship, there will be a crisis and there will be drama. And who needs it? Oh, exactly. I agree. You know, I mean, I I just don't have the energy. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I want things as simple as I can at this age. It should be your safe haven, you know, your your space where you can express yourself and uh, get down and boogie whenever, wherever, except when you have children, of course. They greatly, what do they say? Children are not an aphrodisiac. (laughs) No, I think they're actually um, prevention, aren't they? (laughs) Pregnant. Oh, yes. So one of the major difficulties with people is that they just don't find the time for sex. So I'm actually putting together a course of how to find time to make love. Um, and um, and in my researching with it, um, people don't even have time to think about doing such a course. Oh, I think that that's such a great idea. Excuses, yeah, but sex excuses, I call them. You know, too tired, too busy, wrong time, sex drive conflicts, um, not communicating, resentment. Oh, there's so much that gets in the way. And and your sexuality is 25% of who you are. And when you make love with a with a partner whom you love, it's about wanting to give and receive pleasure. Exactly, exactly. Actually, going back to that, who who would you say predominantly are your major clients? Well, um, it's a pretty well a mix of um, of men who want to help with their erections or ejaculations, um, women who have painful sex or are not orgasmic, and couples who have the mismatched desire where one wants more than the other. Right, yeah, I think that that would be a, a major thing. I mean, 
you know, I've experienced it myself. So, you know, it's definitely out there and I think it's very prominent in a lot of relationships. Yes, and um, because I'm a hypnotherapist, um, I um, have a reputation um, for hypnotherapy. Um, I used to call it um, hypno-sex, but now I keep call it hip-more-sex, <laughs> uh, which is pressing the point a little bit far but a lot of men will ring me and say can I have can I have one session in which you will hypnotize me and I will learn how to you know not have premature ejaculation or keep my erection and I just think god men really want the magic wand and that was the whole point about you know the Viagra uh Cialis and Levitra the the major um you know erectile um um stimulants uh, and how men would prefer often just to take a tablet rather than, you know, come and talk to somebody who's an expert, whether they use hypnosis or not, and learn more about what their negative thinking is doing, how to relax the body, the pelvic floor. Um, you know, that's really well worth seeing a sex therapist. It, it's so true. I mean, because a lot of us, um, I think with a lot of men, when they can't get erections in certain situations, they always think it's you know down to the situation where it's really never down to the situations it's actually what is going on in the head because you know it's it's what they're perceiving at the time or if they're feeling insecure if they're feeling you know whatever it may be you know if they it can be even down to their cheating you know what i mean at the time and that's why they can't actually do it and it's the guilt that's doing that's right. it but you know th there's so many times i've seen that happen it's actually, you know, much more often a psychological issue, but the man needs to um, just open up and trust and be willing to explore that. But I, I mean, I do have good success with premature ejaculation and hypnosis because, you know, it's much more a straightforward uh, relaxing that pelvic floor because the pelvic floor is a, acts like a pump. Yeah, and exactly. And as you get so ex excited so quickly, when you when you um, when you pump your pelvic floor, you will have an ejaculation. So learning how to relax it, which is counterintuitive, um, but it, it is such a, a good thing to do. And I also love to make um, everybody who sees me nowadays their own personalised hypnosis audio, which they which I do on their phone. So then they have Dr. Jan always breathing down their necks, so to speak. Yeah. Um, they can listen to this hypnosis whenever they get a down moment. And uh, the more that you listen, the more that you accept the positive suggestions. And the other thing is I use the person's name a lot because your name actually can go through conscious mind and into subconscious mind and it helps program you to success so much more quickly. Right. That's so interesting. interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. So with your clients, do you mainly get married or single people? Or is there a mixture oh, of both? Mostly single people, and so many people in partnerships aren't married anymore anyway. That's true. But often, yeah, the, the stereotype is still there when it comes to um, to straight couples where um, the man often wants a, an instant fix and the woman wants to be able to talk about it and have her feelings understood. Yeah. So even if guy comes along, look, at the moment I've got one chap who's 32, had premature ejaculation and has been avoiding sex because he doesn't want to feel a failure. Oh. Now, this, this couple are now stonewalling. That means that you put up a brick wall around sex. They haven't had it for six months. They're not talking about it. And I've had two sessions with him and I said, you've got to bring in your wife because, you know, this is a couple's concern. It's never just one person's problem. Exactly. 
I agree completely. Um, I know that you've also uh, you're currently recording a pilot for a new TV show called a show called Women's Pleasure Power. Can you tell us about the show? Yes, it's very exciting. We make videos in one day, which is quite a miracle. Um, and this is the myself, and I, let's say call me the academic clinical psychologist, <laughs> and, uh, and, and my daughter Ella Tantra Ella who is basically the, the main interviewer in the show, but we just have, like, chats about um, the five videos are uh, self-pleasure, like learning how to masturbate to yeah. orgasm, um, uh, blowing away the myths about sex, like that, uh, that, that women who love sex are sluts. I mean, what ridiculous... I know. <laughs> <laughs> women and how to have orgasms. Uh, it's much more than just simply playing with the clitoris. It's uh, in tantric sex, you think about intention and breath, and you think about movement and sound, making sounds. So many women won't ever say anything, you know, just, and then some of them lay there like logs. I call that log sex, which isn't very nice. <laughs> That's right. And, and just those little tired old tissues. So, But I do see a lot of women who are only, say, let's 23 and who have been suffering from what's two, two main things. There's vulvodynia, which is, um, think about dermatitis. Um, vulvodynia means um, uh, pain and redness, uh, and we don't really know what's causing it, like dermatitis. Sure. The skin, vulvodynia, something wrong with the vulva. vulva. And particularly the entrance to the vagina, uh, and then the other one, which is about the entrance, and that is called um, vaginismus, and that's when there is no entry through the entrance. Wow. Um, and you have primary, which is uh, where some women might be thirty, and have still never had intercourse. That's right. They are basically having a panic attack of the vagina, and it's all to do once again with the pelvic floor. Exactly. Imagine it. Imagine it having a panic attack. And then for some women, because of the vulvodynia where it's hurt and they've still bravely tried to have intercourse, um, it just becomes something to avoid. Let's face it, who wants to put stove they've been burned once? No, that's so true. It's so, so true. I couldn't know. That would be horrible, actually, because it really would turn you off, you know? You would not want to... In- it's so badly diagnosed. The medical profession have no idea, really about how to help women with painful sex. Exactly. That's it. And make you avoid it. And you, yeah, and some, some doctors, have, GPs, have just said to the bloke, oh, you know, just give her a couple of drinks and that'll help her relax. I'm just absolute rubbish. Oh, of course. That is ridiculous. And don't drink as well, so... I, I, as you can tell, I'm, I'm very, you know, like very strongly um, motivated to help those women, especially now I've had my own pain. Our Pleasure Power videos, um, we're just doing the final edits and then we hope to run it past some TV stations. Um, we'll certainly be having a YouTube um, 
station as well oh that's amazing i think that's brilliant i actually watched some of your youtube videos where you actually offer advice on sex parenting and relationships um what would you say is the most common theme with relationships these days have they changed since um you like the introduction of social media well yeah because because we're just not spending quality time talking to each other enough yeah the number of couples that you, you talk to and they they come home, they're straight onto their, um, you know, their iPad or their iPhone. Um, they, they barely even stop using the devices during, during the meal time. Uh, and then they're um, watching um, TV or Netflix and they're taking it to bed. Um, yeah. So it's much harder to find quality time and to, to build in, on your relationship. I mean, I, my husband and I would be guilty of that a little bit because um, it's funny, he really never used the computer when I first met him. I actually got him onto Facebook. I should have never have done it. <laughs> I always say it to him, I should never have put you on there because it, it really, it is so addictive. I mean, it really is addictive. I think it's, I think that as humans, we're very visual people and, you know, it, it's so easy to be um, thrilled and enticed and entertained at any given time of the day, even while, you know, if you're sitting on the loo, you can do it, you know? And it's because it's it's a constant... <laughs> yeah, I've heard, obviously, that some people have dropped their phone in the toilet, so I, I think that the toilet should be a phone-free place. Well, you know the one thing, too, and I know this sounds horrible. Sorry, listeners, but I don't care. But um, <laughs> it's funny because I always say to my husband, you can't sit on there for too long. I said, your whole bum will fall out. You've got to you've got to go in, do your business and get out. You can't sit there just on the phone, you know. So that's that's one, one, one reason you should avoid using it there. <laughs> Um, what's your opinion on cyber sex? Do you deem it as cheating? I do, absolutely. Because of the many um, uh, partners who have discovered, mm. um, even if the person isn't actually, you know, meeting up for sex, they are still having a virtual relationship, which is often hot and um, and very, you know, like very full on. Yeah. And uh, they often will tell. They will often get on Tinder and... And they'll actually tell that person that they're um, surfing with, you know, information about their partner. So that's betrayal. Yeah. Emotional betrayal. Um, no, I'm not. No, I'm, I'm totally against it. Yeah. You're have transparency. You know, if you you if you um if your partner uh, wants to look at your phone, if you are transparent about it and they have permission at any time of the day. That is um, the, the glue that will make the relationship last positively. I agree. I mean, there should never be anything that you're hiding because, you know, I mean, if you if you want to delve into that, then, you know, I'm, I'm of the belief that, you know, if you want to start delving into that, leave the relationship. Do you know what I mean? Like, for one, you're being dishonest. For two, you're hurting someone else. It's an emotional relationship, even if it's not a physical one with with cyber stuff because you're still talking to this person every day and saying things that you would say to your current partner. Yeah, I agree with that one. Um, then it becomes very... It can become very addictive and compulsive. Yeah. Um, you know, I've worked with gay guys. One fellow was... Um, like CEO of a, of a national bank, not the national bank, a national bank. Yeah. And um, he would he would work, you know, like long hours, twelve hour days, and then uh, tend to his children because he had the children, and and um, and then he'd start uh, looking at at midnight, and he said it could be up to 
to two or even four, ultimately going to a stranger's house or meeting them in a public park to have sex. Uh, yeah. Now that ruins your life. Any kind of compulsion like that. That's crazy. Oh, of course. No that is outrageous. And, and I think things sometimes in life people can... And I suppose it might be the discovery of when people feel comfortable with their bodies and comfortable with sex that sometimes it can it can then border over to the, the thing where it's a compulsion and it's a desire that they need almost daily and stuff like that where I don't think we're like... I think majority of people are like that every day of their life forever. I think that it's just these, these people sort of delve into it now and again because it becomes a real focus for them rather than anything else that they should be focusing on in their lives. That's right. Well, it's, a, it's a, an addiction which can really suck out um, all the good things of their life. Um, about four years ago, I went to Boston and attended the Sex Therapists for Addiction Conference, uh, about 350 people. Now, we don't even have such an association in Australia. Right. But in America, they have... Um, Retreats where people go, um, health retreats, just like um, you know, like uh, for uh, alcohol or drug dependency issues, and um, and it's a huge industry. And more and more in Australia, we are catching up with that. Yeah, that's good. Um, what advice would you offer couples who just lost all passion and, and sex in their relationship? Well, I would really recommend they seek out a tantric therapist like Tantra Ella, my daughter nowadays, because uh, what I've found is that I get people so far with maybe, say, four sessions, um, educating them, teaching them to relax, doing some hypnosis, but then they have to learn how to actually master their body, and that's what Tantra is teaching. The, the, the goal is not... The goal, right? The goal is not ejaculation or yeah. orgasm. Um, the goal is to be mindful during a sexual encounter, whether you're by yourself or with a partner or even in a threesome, where you are totally present, um, where you are in your body, where you, you maintain a deep, open breath, that you free your throat to make sounds. It's just incredible. And because it's a whole new kind of like... Um, pioneering thing, Tantra in the last 10 years in Australia has totally blossomed. Um, you don't go in with preconceived ideas about who's right or who's wrong. Mm, mm. So anyway, that would be one of my most uh, um, most what, sort of innovative uh, suggestions for how to get the passion back. Go and get a coach who knows what they're doing. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think because with a lot of people, there are those expectations of that first time again as such. I think that that's the thing you need to or you almost need to get out of your head when when that's happening because uh, again it's all those preconceived ideas these expectations this anxiousness everything compiling into that first time again and I think that's the reality is it doesn't have to actually be an orgasm can just maybe initiate something that's very um, intimate and, and beautiful between the two of you without having to orgasm. And not everything has to end with an orgasm. <laughs> no, it shouldn't. No, exactly. No, it's about giving and receiving pleasure. And, <laughs> and if you know you can surrender to the pleasure that your partner intends you to have, I mean, that's a magnificent exchange rather than thinking that you have to perform or to think that you, you, know, you, you have to do anything um, other than 
surrender. Exactly. I agree. And what's your top tip for a woman to achieve a fabulous orgasm? Um, once again, learn how to self-pleasure. If you can't be the com- what do you call the, um, the conductor of your own orchestra, how can you communicate how to do that to your partner? No, I agree. So give yourself permission. Um, be like a man, you know, who often will do it three times a day. No, no, that's a bit too much. <laughs> And you'll probably be a, a lot and nicer find, person. Because you, know, you, you won't be, won't have all this pent up anger. <laughs> whenever you give yourself permission to self pleasure, you are tuning up that tuning fork, which is your pink bits, and you're going to be so much easier to be turned on with a partner. Oh my God, that's so true. You're probably right there. Because they'd all be look, they'd all be looking forward to each Tuesday instead of all these other issues. You know, I have a joke that um, I share with my clients, and that is, if every woman on a Tuesday night now, I just pick Tuesday, it could be any time, but if every woman in the world gave her man a hand job on Tuesday night, maybe there'd be no wars. I know the Lomi Lomi, right? Yeah, because yeah, I used to see them advertised <laughs> in Sydney. Tell actually, me that because I say to the women, tell the man, look, hun, tonight I want nothing for myself. But let me love you with my hands. And there's a beautiful Hawaiian massage technique called Lomi Lomi. It's a beautiful massage. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's wonderful, Lomi Lomi. And it doesn't have to be on your, on your pink bit, so it's a, it's a whole body massage. Yeah. Um, do you think everyone should masturbate? Everyone should learn how to masturbate, to be the master of their bits. They don't have to masturbate all the time, frequently, or at all. But uh, why not learn? It's an art. It's a skill. It leads to ecstasy. It's also, I think, a good way to discover your body and and what what how it actually works and what is actually in there. Let go of all the dogma that's in, in with religions and um, and and um, and ethnic uh, education and you know, like it, it's especially when majority of humanity might be getting into all that religion and etc but at the same time they're still doing it but feeling guilty about it later so you might as well just do it without the guilt (laughs) do it without guilt without shame um yeah no i agree how can um how can you help others with your work well i've written you know um, 15 ebooks and um and uh, 52 audios which sell on amazon and audible so you know, they don't even have to come and see me to get some of my education. No, you were very easy to find on Google, let me tell you. <laughs> um, you know, nowadays we can do Skype and Zoom. You can be anywhere in the world. Exactly. Um, I do often get uh, somebody from, you know, the Emirates um, where they don't have sex therapists. They don't even, they're not allowed to talk about it. So they, they will get in touch with me for a Skype. Um, so, you know, just about any medium is an opportunity and there's also now because um, i'm a clinical psychologist anthony uh that you can get a medicare uh mental health plan i don't like the word mental think about a health plan from your gp for sexual difficulties wow get you a rebate on the medicare of about half of what you're spending so it's even more affordable so glad you actually said that because i think majority of people would not know that probably a lot of people out there with issues that really would like to get help and speaking of that because we're going to be wrapping up soon 
I'm actually going to let everybody know how they can contact you and all of your social media handles. And if they've got any questions that they want you, or even if they want to set up a, a meeting with you, then they'll, they'll be able to do that. They will be. Very happy to hear from them. We really appreciate you talking to us, Janet. I, I, I love talking to you. I could talk to you for hours. Absolutely brilliant what you do. And I think it's helping a lot of people. And I think it's very, very important work. Well, thank you. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you. I'll speak to you soon. Okay. Bye. Love a podcast? Love some Ants Talk.